Welcome. That's fucking. Welcome. <laughs> so I can't do it. Welcome to church. Welcome. Yo, yo, what up, man? Welcome to church and other drugs. This is your boy Jay. Uh. Yeah. I thought you were doing youth pastor voice. Is that really what it sounded like? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh, Lurch and Other Bugs. My name is Jed. My name's Debesh. Sup, bitches? It's Jay in the house. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you just heard me mock what you sounded like, and and then you you went with that. I did. I went. I went. I feel like if you're gonna do something, you might as well do it. You know what I mean? That's that's why I'm looking at five to ten. Heyo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen. Why I have two kids. We're... What's that? <laughs> <laughs> what, what? Brr, kid killer anyway um all right so congregation we're about to call one of your own mr kenzie owis yeah that's a nice fucking picture hey. <laughs> that's incredible dude your picture What's is up, awesome bud? Thank you. I don't actually remember what one it is. It's you and two other dudes doing some kind of face. There's That's, tongues. Yeah. Tongues are out for sure. Oh yeah, almost always there's tongues. Dude, <laughs> Kenzie, you are live. Yes. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Not, not much. I'm just hanging out in my apartment, Kansas City living. KC. KC. Dude, your your team cost me a a defense on fantasy like two weeks ago. Oh, is that, one, is that one I beat you, Jed? Yes, it is. Dude, Dude. I'm, I'm, so I'm currently in last place in my fantasy league because I'm off. I know nothing about fantasy sports, like, at all. I'm horrid at it. And so my friend's like, wouldn't it be funny if we put Kinsey in a league? So they did because they're mean to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but now I'm currently – I'm in last place. There's 12 of us. I'm 12, and I'm currently taking on number one, and I'm winning. It's it oh, yes. tonight's Steven. game because our we both have one player in the game. I have Kansas City's defense, and he is a Kansas City uh, right, wide receiver in. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. No, it's even you're like the, you're like the taco of your league. You ever seen that show, The League? Yeah, yeah I'm like the taco of the league. Exactly. You picked That's five awesome. kickers. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you know what's worse is Jed and I are in a league, and my wife is crushing us all. No, 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 she's Every not crushing me. She's not. She's crushing. crushing you, no, she's not. I destroyed her in points this week, and I texted okay. it to her this morning at like want, six a.m. Oh, that's what that was. She's all like, Jed's talking shit. Like, yeah, the first thing I heard from my wife this morning was that I'm like, like the highest Come get your boys. in the world right now. I don't God. even want to talk to Debesh. He almost I got, scored I got two. He almost points. scored two hundred oh points God. in a half PPR league. How is that even possible, <laughs> dude? Because he's got that's some every bullshit. yeah. I don't. I we're not even talking about that. Yeah. But I almost got beat by like the dude I'm playing this week went into detox, so he didn't. He had three players on bye. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, let me hold uh Lamar yeah, the, while you're in perks. detox. Let me just do make you get like a two week hold, bro. Yeah. You're not gonna use oh, them. No. Gonna- well, and here's the thing is my friend my friend texted me and was like, dude, because they are trying to help me, is the funny thing. Like my friends know I'm bad. So they're like trying to help me. And he texted me with a suggestion that like everyone was like, No, you need to do this. 
And then ends up that player doesn't even play. And the player I benched got like 18 points this week. That, yeah. I was like, rule number one. Don't listen to anyone. Never listen to yeah, anyone. No. Go with the heart. Rule number yeah, two, yes. whoever you bench is going to score 40 points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's just how it goes. no one. <laughs> oh. So, dude, why, uh, why do you love us so much? So, funny story. Uh, I, I just graduated from college uh, in May. Congratulations. Uh, thank you Golf so much. Uh, my parents were just as surprised. Uh, <laughs> they, they, so, yeah, so um, I, I went to a small university in Chicago called North Park University. Shouts to North Park. Uh, and I grew up, I kind of knew about it because my dad's a pastor, so I always knew about it. It's in our denomination. Um, and so I went there, and I actually had to finish up a few classes over the summer in June. And sometimes I get like really bad depression and stuff. And so I was actually driving from Kansas City up to Chicago. It's about an eight hour drive. And uh, I was listening to like Bad Christian. I listen to podcasts. I like don't even listen to music anymore other than metal because <laughs> shouts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, love it. Um, but I, I was driving up there and I was like, and I was listening to all these really heady podcasts. Yeah. And. Not to say like you guys don't get into it, but like there's a much much yep. more fun. But there's like a much more like sense of fun around what you guys are talking about. Yeah, we're dumb. We get it. Like no, we just go with like we just own it. Like it's, it's who we are. I'm a I'm an extrovert. I'm like I'm loud. I get obnoxious, and people don't like me sometimes, and I I accept it. Um, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. so I was like, man, I'm listening to all these, like, you know, I'm listening to Deconstructionist and Rob Bell. And oh, yeah, super those, serious. Like, and I love those guys because I love that type of stuff. Like, I'm a, I, as I said earlier on Facebook, I'm a, I'm a biblical and theological studies major. Like, that's what I know. Like, that's what I love. Mm-hmm. And I got to a point where I was driving and, and I started, you know, those thoughts where you're like, I wonder what happened if I just fucking crashed my car right now. Yes. Like, absolutely. Yeah, was, for like, sure. And I'm driving up to school and I'm like, I don't want to go to a month of school in June. Like I, I've just spent two and a half years long distance with my girlfriend. Oof. Like I'm, you know, I've been in Chicago. I love Kansas city. I want to be in Kansas city and I'm about to be gone for a month. I literally slept on my friend's couch for a month. So I was like, man, I, I don't want to do this. And I remember listening, uh, just before I pulled into this one town and kind of had a little bit of a breakdown, though, I remember like looking through some podcasts and I saw a Church of the Drugs and I was like, "This is either going to be really cool or these guys are going to be like, you know, it's the opiate of the masses." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I was yes. like, fifty-fifty of like possibly maybe losing yes, my right now, but I'm loving it. Yeah. So I went to it and I saw the one of like you talking with your dad. Yeah. And like I, I was listening to that and I, I remember listening to it it ending and I pulled into a Taco Bell cause I'm a college student and I like <laughs> go through and I'm like talking to the lady I, through the like drive through thing. And, and the time talk, there's just tears streaming down my face. Cause I'm like, I miss my parents. Like I miss my mom. I miss my dad. Like just all this stuff kind of going on. And so I found you guys in that. And I, I listened to you guys the rest of my way up uh, to Chicago at about five more hours uh, and I just listened to you guys and I loved it. Like I kind of just fell in love with that. And then the minute I got a job down here in Kansas city, I, I was like, man, this podcast, like I, I enjoy it so much that I was like, I got a gift. 
I got to. That's so legit, man. That's awesome. We, yeah. That's Hearing so stuff cool. like that is is nuts, man. Like, yeah, because we like I've had that experience with other podcasts, so it's 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 yeah. you get that surrealness of like, oh wow, this that's how like God in the world works. Is that right. like, yeah? It's it's awesome. We usually leave yeah. inspiration to people like the liturgists, but we're glad right. we can have our little no. our little dance. Well, it's also really funny because like the reality is like, I don't did like, I never, I was the good kid. Like I never did anything. I still don't like, right. I, I never like, so it was really funny. Like being this kid who I've like always been sober and I'm just like listening to you guys. I'm like, I connect. In yeah. A way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Like, man. You know, awesome. it, was just, yeah. it was so funny. Cause you guys are like, yeah, man, dirty Mike's crazy. He did all this stuff. And I'm just like, er, like, uh, the another one where is the I can't think of is it released into the captivity where oh, yeah, it was like yeah I got into a car accident and like all this stuff oh, and I yeah, was like yeah, yeah. I was like I remember one time I was driving my car that was given to me for free because I'm privileged and I accidentally bumped into a lady I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> that was real <laughs> oh dude like, you know, oh man oh, yeah, yeah when I was six when I turned sixteen my grandpa gave me a sixty thousand mile car. Man, that's awesome. Like it's just things like that. Like there was told me not to eat Taco Bell, and I did anyway. And I did any. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As my parents like, when I was in high school, my parents would be like, my parents would be like, "What are you gonna go sneak out?" And I was like, "Uh, no," because I didn't. But then (laughs) sometimes I'd be like, "Mom, I'm gonna go hang out with Josh." But instead, I would go hang out with Josh, and then we'd get in his car. And we go to our friend Colin's house and oh, play Dungeons and Dragons all night. Bro, yeah, I think I think we need to get edge. your mom on the phone and you need to make amends, like pronto. Oh, she, my mom literally is like, "You're such a nerd." Like what? my mom says. That's well. What's funny is that's how I was. So like, the moral of this story is that like you're gonna end up doing heroin. But so, right. <laughs> uh, but so in sixth grade, I remember. Uh, how, I don't know what it was exactly. I think I just said like, "Damn it!" I don't even think it was past right. damn. It might have been shit. And right. a teacher goes, "Who was that?" And but she didn't know. And right. in my head, I was like, "She's gonna figure it out. She's calling my mom. I got to get on top of this." So when I got home, I said, "Mom, I cussed at school today." And like, I think I cried a little bit. And she was like, right. "Okay." And like, so that's how. Yeah. So like, you know, give it time. No, exactly. Heroin's <laughs> on its way. I've been saying that for years to my mom. I'm like, you're lucky. All I did was play Dungeons and Dragons. Now, well, it like, is cool because I'm so terrified of having kids. But then I, I do realize, like, sometimes, like, people don't have to get in trouble. Right. You can graze and still like And still end up badass so like i like man's one man's dungeon and dragons is another man's crack dungeon exactly. crack dungeons and dragons oh my god we need to make that you, game you guys should make that game can, especially the also, dice well it was really funny because like as like with that of just like my parents like my so my dad my dad's a pastor and my dad was at one of the largest churches in america he he was he was a, he wasn't a senior pastor. He was one of the pastors on staff. Can we say which um, one? Like, do you guys? I can't. I I can't. It was Bayside Church in Sacramento, California. Okay. Uh, if you guys, do you guys know who Lincoln Brewster is? That name sounds really familiar. Christian contemporary artist. 
did like a rendition of Everlasting God with the just sick guitar solo in it. It was lit. It's... Uh, look him up. You'll love it. Uh, but like he, so he's like the celebrity worship leader kind of a thing. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, so it's in Sacramento. Uh, my dad was on staff there for a few years. He was, uh, it was really fun. Like I'm used to like, so like I grew up in like mega churches. Like I grew up the very first church I remember was three thousand people, and that was in Colorado. Jeez. And then I went to a church that was fifteen to twenty on a week, fifteen to twenty thousand on a weekend. Damn. Um, yeah. So it was like nuts. Uh, but that's like what I knew, and so it was like kind of funny because like in the same way as you were talking, uh, Jed, when you were like, yeah, like your when your parents are a little more strict, or like your parents are like high up in the church mm -hmm. like i kind of had that but it was with like fifteen thousand eyes like yeah. always watching everything i did but for whatever reason instead of being like oh i'll just hide things that i do i became a little narcissist and uh just went with it right. and uh i loved it I, I actually learned to just love the attention on me right uh, and a dick See. so like that's where it goes yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> So if you, did you, were you, do you think you've always been Christian or you say you were like kind of loving the attention? Did you just, cause I think, well, I don't know. I mean, kids just kind of to the extent that we can understand stuff as children, like, do you remember yeah. when like you actually like when the rubber met the road and like you had to choose whether you actually believe this stuff or not? Yeah, I would say I've had multiple experiences with it though like i remember when i you know the clap my classic christian story i was four years old in the back of the car my parent my mom was like do you want to be a christian and accept jesus in your life and i was like yeah but i was four like yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. I, you could have asked me I if i wanted to all... like poop right. out do green rainbows and right i'd be now? like yes yeah yes i do I <laughs> so like I had that of like you know I had that and then it wasn't until I was in like sixth grade and this was actually one of the worst the most like painful things in my whole life actually was I was at a conference called Dare to Share uh that's and tra awful first travel America it was actually really cool but like travel America a guy named Greg Steer they always had like Dude, it was my first, con well, one of my first con like concerts, yeah. and it was Super Chick and Stellar Cart. I remember uh, Super like, Chick. Is that like Stellar Acquire Cart. the Fire? Is that yeah, like kind of like that. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah it was like that. Okay, gotcha. So they came through, and I remember they did not an altar call, but the the guy actually in a way that I really enjoyed. He was like, "You should go. Like, if you want to accept Christ, like, go talk to your youth pastor." And I remember I was like, I think this is it for me. And I started walking down the steps because we kind of took up a, a whole section. I remember walking down the steps and, and one of the youth volunteers like stopped me and she's like, Kinsey, what are you doing? I was like, uh, I was going to go talk to Ryan. And she goes, like, uh, we're losing you. I was like, Hold that. Oh, okay, cool. And just like, oh, am I in? Hello. Now you're in. Okay. Hello. So the last thing we I heard missed, was, we, yeah, we lost um, at the climax. There. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you were yeah, walking so like, down and you got stopped. I'm walking down and I get stopped and she's like, Kinsey, like, why are you walking down here? And I was like, Oh, like I want, like, uh, I was like, I was going to talk to Ryan, who's our youth leader. And he was, and she was like, Kinsey, people are like, it's kind of serious. Like you're already Christian. Like your dad's a pastor, like save it. 
And I was like, what? okay, cool. Mm. And like, I didn't know how to respond. So I was like, all right, cool. And just turned around and wow. went back up to my seat. Oh. So it was like this moment, you know, where I was like stoked uh, to like, okay, I think I want to do this. Your where dad's it kind of became a pastor. A... Save it. And, and like, she, I know she meant it oh, with yeah, like, oh, I've seen you already mm. doing things. Like, I, it would surprise me if you weren't already Christian. And I was always the goofy kid in youth group. So like, oh, maybe she thought probably like, like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm going to do something weird or try to make it funnier about me. Don't you embarrass us here. Don't embarrass us <laughs> in, front of, in the Pepsi Center. All these yeah. people. And I was like, I was like, okay, so I I'd actually. It, oh, we got a full on freeze. Damn it. I know. Oh. The interwebs. <laughs> and then. I was like, okay, well, whatever. And so I never told anyone because I was like, maybe it didn't count. Uh, and, <laughs> and then I just lived in fear for years of going to hell because um, I was like, what if I'm not a Christian? Yep. Uh, of it wasn't until like high school when I was like, that's not a thing. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Jesus loves me. And so in high school, I really rededicated my life to Christ, decided to go to school for ministry. Uh, then I ended up at a, I grew up in a really conservative area. And then I went to school in Chicago at a pretty like progressive school. Mm. And that's where I was like, Oh wow. Being progressive isn't a bad thing. Uh, and now here I am a youth pastor in Kansas city. What, uh, awesome. what kind of church are you a youth pastor at? Awesome. Uh, I'm currently at mm. a Methodist church, a really small Methodist church. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, what's the, how, how's it? Yeah, how's it going from like super mega church to tiny Methodist church? Yeah. Well, it, so it's actually funny. The church I worked at a church last year that actually got me this job, and it's the largest Methodist church in the country, and it's here in, in like in the Kansas City area. And uh, so I worked okay, there, cool. and then a friend of mine was like, "Yo, we don't have any positions open here, but there's one down the street at the smaller church." And smaller being like, it's still like 200 people, but comparatively yeah. to you know, being at churches that are like 15,000 is just small. Right. It's uh, tiny. Yeah. yeah. That's small. So, that, that's small for me too. Right. And, and so that's been something. And like going from like my youth group when I was in high school was like 400 kids. That's like, well, yeah, no, mine was not 400. Mine was maybe like a hundred. Yeah. That's right. a lot of kids. That's how my church was. That's how my church was in Charleston. That's a, right. lot, that's a lot of a uh, of a uh, roll deep dog first fluffy bunny. That's a yeah, lot. Yeah, I don't first. think there was like that many Indians in New Orleans. So, like, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, and so there was like, there was me and my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was funny. Like one of my so one of my professors is Indian, uh, from school, and he grew mm. up in the slums. Mm-hmm. And uh, how he would always enter a class if it, if he had freshmen was he would walk in and he'd go, "Have you all seen Slumdog Millionaire?" Uh-huh. And he would be like, "Yeah." And he goes, "That was my life. That was Dude. my life." Oh. And then he'd write the wrong answer on the board. Right. <laughs> yeah. Dude, can we... I would love to talk to that dude. He was yeah. no. It's his his story is nuts. So. Uh, you should be like, look, imagine. we got an Indian guy, so mm-hmm. you I know we're good. Let I us talk to you. I accidentally put John somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where he went. Mm. He disappeared on my phone. Oh, wah, wah. Wah, wah. well, we're wah, getting. Wah. Um, yeah, we're getting at the end. Yeah, but, we gotta. 
I think uh, it's fair to say you, we can probably do a full episode with you. That seems like there's a lot there. If you guys want to, I'm to in. Talk about, yeah, we need to talk about Nephilim. Yes, if, and, yeah. you're, and you're, you're learned. You're learned. Yeah, I'm a. Right. I I got it in in this noggin. I <laughs> I had some great professors who were uh, super odd and really wonderful. And uh, actually, Nephilim got it. And we're we're Nephilim. Actually, I was taught by them. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> well, all right, Kenzie. Thanks for uh, yeah. stopping by, man. We'll uh, we will yeah. uh, we'll do a full one with you. We'll be I'd love about that, that, guys. I'd love that. Awesome. Thanks so much. It's great great chatting with y'all. Yeah, Absolutely. you too, man. Have a good one. Take care, everybody. Got, got so that was Kenzie, man. Woo woo! Yeah, cool Kenzie. Dude. Cool cat. Cool Absolutely. cat. Cool cat. So, uh, couple things. Kenzie's the dopest. He is. A. He's gonna get one of our new well, T-shirts. Save that. We gotta get to this interview. Okay, I'll save it. Sorry. Okay. Uh, excited. I know we're I speaking help. with Truthseeker from the Truthseeker podcast and from his hip hop albums and from his YouTube channel. For work. Where am I at? Where are you at? I'm in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Not too far from you. Nope. <laughs> exactly. You, you you said you used to live in Louisiana. Yeah. Where? At? Born in born in Homa, but uh, spent uh, a, uh, the majority of my my life in like uh, Hammond, Ponchatoula, Springfield, that area. No way. That's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what brought you to Mobile? Um. We we ended up moving to the uh, Indian Reservation over here in Atmore, Alabama, which uh, I'm uh, Porch Creek Indian, and my my mom moved us over here to the reservation. They had all kind of benefits and stuff, man. So we moved uh, there what, as what, kids. What uh what percentage? Um, I'm I don't have enough to be on the roll. I've got oh, okay. and uh, I've got a sixteenth, and so Isn't it that takes enough? an eighth. It's an eighth uh. to get the benefits. My mom. My cousins, everybody else gets the benefits, but my dad was was a white man. <laughs> so what's uh man, I could spend a freaking hour on that. What's uh what's the reservation like? Reservation, man, it's you know what? Um that's but, a long story. Uh, yeah, it is. It's well, cool. Well, I was basically I guess what the, what I'm dancing around is cause we went to uh I'm from originally I'm from South Carolina. Okay. Um and we used to <laughs> We used to take missions trips to the the reservation in Cherokee, yeah, and because and it was just so much alcoholism there and drug addiction and yeah, is that yeah. Also, basically that's what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was gonna say it's like the ghetto, man. Yeah, you know, it's like a like a clean ghetto, you know, be, because they have a lot of funding that yep. goes into it to keep the houses nice and stuff like that. But you know, come down to it, like anything that you don't work for. Like if they give you a house, um, you you don't really care to keep it up or just do whatever, um, which is like if if it, 
it, it's a big difference if you work for something. And yeah. so on the reservations, and even now they give them money and they get a lot of money. I think it's like 20 to 30,000 a year. Like my cousins and everybody get just for being Native American. Damn. And uh, so they have this entitlement and uh, and a lot of them live off of that. They don't have jobs. They just get that little 20,000 and then they, they can have it broken down monthly, like 300 a month or whatever. It's just um, they, they pay your bills, all kinds of stuff, man. Um, I don't get it. So there's a little little bit of bitterness there. You know, uh, yeah, I, I don't I'm sure I'm not. On, I just missed it. Me and my, my brother <laughs> and sister. My mom gets it, you know. But um, it'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Well, I mean, did you all avoid the pitfalls? Um, When we were there? Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I was young when I was there. But we, oh, okay. I, I, actually, I actually had to leave. Like, I, I, was, um, I was young. When, when I was there, I think I was 12, like, at, at, before we left. And I was breaking into houses for fun. Nice. Because we were bored. We didn't have nothing to do. So yep. we, would, we would rob people. Just you for, know, just for shits and giggles, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing to do, so that's, you know, that's just small town. Yep, yep, get, yep, yep. Get and they know who did it. They got three or four people they know who did it, and uh, because nothing oh. was stolen, like so, nothing big was stolen, right? You know, it was just little kid stuff, you know. So, so like, they like, they like, for like voted you out or forced you to leave or like, nope, or well, it was just kind of like if you stuck caught. around, it would have been awkward. Yeah, yeah, no, we would have been in trouble. Um. So ended up breaking into this house and stealing some just money and, and then tearing up the house. My buddy was on the phone making 900 calls on, on these people's telephones. That's so and he was stupid. getting into it. Which I get was the it. Weird, it was the weird thing. He was getting into it. But like, dude, what are you doing? You're sitting on the couch talking to like women on 900 numbers, that you is, know? Oh, that is hilarious. It was weird. But um, we ended up just tearing the house up, just throwing like uh, everything that was in the fridge against the wall. And we <laughs> took some money and jewelry and that was it. But then the next day, the cops came by the next morning and, and interviewed all the, the teenagers in the neighborhood. They know probably not a grown man's going to go in there and right. ra raid the fridge and throw it at the wall. So they talked to all the kids and uh, they ended up getting... Um, footprints off of the back door because it was uh. muddy out and it was at night so we didn't know and so i kicked the back door in you got my csi'd foot, my footprint was on the door <laughs> so they asked us to get our shoes right they come to the door first thing in the morning like seven o'clock on a saturday morning hey can you go get your shoes the cops and detectives i go get the shoes and they they hold it up to the paper and it's my shoe you know that they had and uh oh, i was like man. well you know what i let my buddy borrow my shoes good that call. night yep. to go to skating you know I was, good call I was like, oh really tell us more <laughs> and i'm just trying to buy time but um we like i left the city that day like i went and um went and, st and actually stayed with my grandmother but then we my mom we were getting ready to move anyway so uh we come back to the city to get our stuff and and get everything out the house and as we were leaving the reservation the cops pulled us over and said is do you have Derek gross in the vehicle uh Said, yeah, uh, take them down to the station. We we got some questions we want to ask them, which they already asked us that they I did have to go down to the station and like uh, give a statement and all that, but they knew it was me. And uh, uh, so instead of my mom taking me to the station, we just left the city, you know, and that uh, was my last that's funny. time. Which I still go back there now. I, mean, I was 12 years yeah, old. I'm statute of limitations. You're good on that. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. Seven <laughs> years, man. You're, you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the the whole um, reservation life, but yeah, it's it's like that, you know. And I'm probably, but I miss it though. 
honestly, because yeah. there's so much community. Yeah. I, I envy it. It was like community, man. Just a big neighborhood full of kids. They they gyms, basketball courts, like uh, arcade games. Like they like in the gym. They have a community gym. And right when we moved there, we did we wasn't in school yet, so we went to the gym to check it out. Went to the back back of the gym, and there's an arcade room in the back of the gym, pool tables and the walls of arcade games. Oh, that's and we awesome. just walk up there and I press start on one, and that mug started playing. I'm like, so hey, I'm playing. All of them were free. We're all free, dude. Oh, that's and that's legit. that's what we did every day, man. We had an arcade that was all free, and that was the hangout spot. Yeah, it was really. That's cool. how you keep kids out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. no, I get like I think you. I mean, that's hitting on something that is like plaguing society in general right now is everybody's so isolated. Like I, I, I kind of came of age in, uh, like I spent, uh, 15 to 28 in and out of, uh, rehab treatment centers. So like mm-hmm. I would form, I, I formed, it was basically like, uh, kind of like a, a summer camp college dorm type situation. Like, so where like everyone I was around would form really, really close bonds to. And then Mm -hmm. every time I would get out, like I was so quasi institutionalized that I would just feel like super alone. And then, you know, that's saying a lot, man, because my brother just got out yesterday, eight years. Really? He just got out yesterday and I'm concerned for him. I'm I'm just hoping and praying for the best, you know? Well, and that's what people, that's what people say. The whole, institutionalized thing yeah, you know and it's it's you're a gonna thing. be able to adjust and get a job and hold down a job and things you know was he was it drugs or yeah if, if i can yeah, ask. It was drugs yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. is he did he stay sober while he's in there um no he talked about struggling with it and yeah. hopefully just weed i don't know you know hopefully yeah. just smoking weed maybe but uh he talked about struggling with it and having dirty urines and stuff so Man, Hopefully, I, could, I mean, he seems that he seems to have his head on his shoulders. I mean, eight years, man, you got to, right? Oh yeah, you got a you got a long time to think about a game plan to get your stuff together, and there's so much stuff that I've experienced since he's been locked up, oh, yeah, just with in life in general. That's just beautiful with a family and traveling and hiking and little things that we didn't get to experience as kids that I've experienced now, and and he hasn't, and he's dude, much older than me, and, they're, and they're, I'm just like, dude, I want you to go for. It a hike in the forest dude you know what i'm saying like we didn't do that as kids and stuff and just the beauty of life versus being you know of age now and kind of up there now he's in his he's in his um mid 40s and uh and most of his time has been locked up it's really crazy you know yeah and he's going from like when he got locked up there weren't even smartphones to like think yeah. about our like you know what he got a he oh, got well, a, yeah. i mean they got him in well, there ju- well, no, no, he just got one. Oh, okay. <laughs> he just got one, like, because oh, he went to work release for a couple hooked. months. He was, um, he went live on Facebook and he's just staring at uh, it. Like, and he's like, it's like <laughs> shooting up his nostril. He's yeah, looking at like, the what, phone. What, 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 what is this? And he don't know. He's like tapping the camera. That's it's like funny. a monkey. Like yeah, a monkey. Exactly. Just looking at it. What is this? You know? No. And it's so funny seeing him tag everybody and just doing all kind of weird status updates from 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 the prison. And it's just kind of weird, you know. I I was gonna say I, I can get with you afterwards. Um I have a buddy who does a podcast called Released Into Captivity and his whole he has like a ministry of their whole huh. thing is uh helping people that just got out of prison. Like Wow. They'll go pick people up that don't have rides. That's his whole deal. He did yeah. 10 years in his organization. It's like the anti-recidivism coalition. So like I can hook you cool. up with, with him. 
Yeah, he's actually in, he's actually in Hammond too, so he's in Louisiana. So oh, right on. That's what's up. So all right. So if people don't know your truth seeker, hip hop artist, media mm-hmm. mogul, billionaire. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. So you got a podcast. You got a YouTube channel. I listen to some of your stuff too. And this this is coming from like not a super huge rap fan. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Thank it's the you. Kind of well, what, what, what kind of fan are you? Uh, I'm everything from like movie scores to like death metal to wow. Elliot Smith yeah. to like Modest Mouse, kind of all over the place. Yeah, it's I cool was, you uh, say it's cool you say um movie scores because I was just talking to my wife. Um, what's his name? Um, not uh, not Wes Craven. Who's the guy who 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 wrote um uh, John Carpenter. John Carpenter is yeah. going on tour. Oh with no way! Do, doing the scores because he wrote all the music to oh, his yeah. movies, and yeah, so dude. he's going on tour playing that music uh, with the the movies and stuff in the background. Oh, that would be that's awesome, awesome dude. Because I'm a horror buff as well, so that would be uh, awesome talking about movie scores and soundtracks and and uh, '80s just '80s soundtracks as as well as far as like the you know what I'm saying the the um the movies and. Stranger Things just coming out oh, with yeah, that it's, with that it's music huge and right stuff. Now. Yeah. So how did you? When did what came? All right. How did you get into podcasting? Podcasting was something we did. Uh, man, I want to say uh, 20, uh, 2011. and um, we we would do Bible studies. And have open open callers call in with questions and uh, oh, prayer okay. meetings and stuff like that. And that was kind of birthed out of um, what I'm still doing now um, of just having awesome conversations with people on the phone, friends, because I drove a truck for a living. And uh, yeah. we would have two, three hour conversations. And we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about the books that were taken out of it. We're encouraging one another, like doing ministry over the phone for hours and, and having Four or five people call in on three way, and uh, I, I got my like headset other on. Other truckers I'm, or just people? You no, know. just people. They'll be sitting at home. You know, I'm the one in the truck. You know, oh, they'll be on awesome. their job or sitting at home or wherever, man. And we kind of just had this tight knit uh, group of people, and um, just like, man, other people need to sit in on this conversation. So it's always like, you know, we should record this. Yep. You know, it's like, you know, we could just go live and take take callers and stuff. So back in 2011, when Blog Talk Radio was free. I uh, signed up for a blog talk radio account and we did Bible studies and kind of learned how to use that and um, take callers and all that kind of stuff. And then got into interviews and just learning there, learning how to talk, learning how to how to actually give an interview and uh, yeah. not talk over one another and stuff like that. You know, yep. you learn the etiquette of podcasting and stuff. And from there, kind of been off and on for years here and there. Then I got into the more the esoteric field with the podcast and uh, it started blowing up um, the podcast when I started having big researchers on and people I was like looking up to and uh, having them on the show and they and they would like share the the podcast with their followers and I'd have 2,000 uh, streams like you know what I'm saying overnight and with like the bigger people that I got on so I was like man let me keep reaching out to these people this is awesome you know and kind of making a little revenue from it through YouTube um, and then kind of get into a place where I wanted just to be consistent because it was always four or five episodes and then four, four or five months down, you know, yeah. come back, do one every week and have, have four months booked 
and then stop for two months, you know? And so now I'm just getting back to where I'm consistent now and I'm actually doing this full time. So, so what, what about conspiracy? Like, cause I, I'm into conspiracy because I'll just, I'll go first because, uh, I was super, it kind of went hand in hand with like my drug use, I guess. Like I started tripping in high school. And so that's kind of when, uh, you know, when you trip, it breaks you out of the box and you have all those realizations that like, what a society man. And like all that, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So I guess that's what started me looking behind at the man behind the curtain sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. then I got into Nephilim because my, my thing with conspiracy theories was I came to a spot where, cause I'm a Christian. So I came to a spot where I was like, why would, God even like how does this fit into the Bible and Christianity because some of it would just hit a hit a wall where it's just like well God just wouldn't allow that like why would this even be a thing mm-hmm. and so when I found out you know read uh, Enoch and Jubilees and all that yeah. stuff and found out about the Nephilim I was like it's kind of the underlying thread that ties everything together yeah and uh, so that's kind of how I got into it but what about mm-hmm. you um. I think I kind of got into more of the deeper spiritual stuff because like I was involved in like really deep witchcraft uh, when I was a teenager. Can we talk and about I've, that? Yeah, it that's a, that's a, it's a shift, but it sets everything up for where I am now. But I was involved in, uh, you know, just really into the horror movies and, as mm-hmm. a kid and, and into magic and stuff like that. And I watched a movie called The Craft, which portrayed... Uh, witchcraft in like this beautiful light. Oh yeah. Um, but as we kind of spoke on earlier, I was a troubled teen. And so getting on up there, um, I started probably when I was 13 or, uh, 13, 14, getting into, um, some books and stuff like that, reading books about witchcraft and just having a, a, my peaked interest because of having experiences when I was a kid, you know, having those sleep paralysis moments I, I, and that I remember, you know, waking up and having what felt like entities pinning me down to the bed at like five years old, you know, any, and, and any remembering that Christian beliefs at that time. Um, or this pre pre. No, all not. That? A, yeah, it was pre all that. Um, okay. You know, my mom, she would. Uh, it was weird. There was these quotes my mom would say. It was like. You know, if you if, if you do bad, she would change it up. It's kind of weird. If we did something wrong, she'd say, you know, the devil's going to get you. Or she'd change it up and say, God's going to punish you. Uh, it's like, okay, which one? You yeah, know? Make and up your mind, like, mom. God's going to punish you. Oh, all right. Y'all keep messing around. The devil's going to get you. It's like, hold on, which one? Who are right. we going to be scared of, you know? Right. Um, so that was like the extent of it. Like, we did go to some, like, uh, um, really Southern Baptist uh, churches in, um, like, um, Ponchatoula when I was a kid. Um, the neighbors watched us a lot, this, this older couple, and they would take us to church and it was like the screaming red face, yep. hellfire brimstone, yep. God's coming back, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And it was really weird. But, um, as a, <laughs> it's just, yeah. as a kid, it was pretty trippy, but oh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't still infatuated with like scary movies and stuff like that as a kid. And we were told that that was demonic. I was into Metallica as a little kid. Cause my brother, he was into all of it. He'd get all the CDs for free off of the the, the penny website or or the, or the penny uh 
you, you, I remember you, fill, that. you fill out a card. Yeah, and you get for, 19 and CDs. For, yeah, and yep. he'd never pay for them. Yep. And he'd start new accounts and stuff, and he'd have a whole book of, of CDs and never pay for Damn, any of them. I forgot about that. That's so funny. he had a huge collection of CDs because of that, and I would, I mean, listening to Nirvana and uh, Metallica and stuff as a, as a little kid and stuff, you know, and I loved that music and still do. Um, but that was like the, the extent of the, the religious stuff, but then got into like some witchcraft, just dabbling around. Um, and then there was, um, my mom, we moved in with a guy who had a son who was super duper Christian. Like he would always invite me to church, but we would never go invite me to Bible studies. We'd never go, but it was something different about him because he would, um, he would go in his room at like six o'clock or so. He'd shut his door and he'd lock it for like an hour or two. And he'd have candles lit. He'd have worship music blaring. And he'd be praying and reading the scriptures with the lights out and stuff for like an hour or two. And we we go peek through the door like, what's he doing in there? You know, and uh, yeah. and he he was consistent with it. And uh, and I never like I knew Christians, but I never seen anybody do that. Like, man, what are you doing? You pray? Are you literally praying for that long? Are you reading the Bible? Um, so he would still invite us to to Bible studies. We wouldn't go. Um, but then he said, look, there's a there's a Bible study coming up. It's a prayer meeting, and there's going to be a guy there who is uh, he's a prophet, and I want you to come check him out. I'm like, prophet? What's that? He said, well, a prophet's like a uh, Christian psychic. I said, hey, I'm. I'm into psychics yeah. and mediums. That stuff intrigues me. Sure, if this dude can tell me about my future or whatever, you know. So I went, man, and uh, went to this this home Bible study, and they started off listening to worship music, and people were worshiping and in the living room, and they had their eyes closed and their hands lifted, and I'm I'm the only one essentially in the living room, because these people are in another realm, like they're yeah. crying, they got their hands lifted, and they're almost in like a state of meditation with God praying. And uh, they're blissful. It didn't freak you out. It did freak me out. It was weird, but uh, but it was so, they seemed peaceful. Okay. And I'm just sitting there, like, okay, I'm just you know maybe close my eyes or just I don't know what to do. Where do you, I don't uh, even know where to put my hands, you know? Yeah. Uh, sit here, and then you know one of the guys come up to me and just said, hey, hey, Derek, would you like to uh, ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, all your sins? And just being kind of in awe of that moment of them just being in this blissful state, I said, "Yeah, I would like to be forgiven of my sins, you know." And uh, and he prayed, he prayed for me. He prayed that uh, he led me in the sinner's prayer or whatever, asked God to come into my life, uh, forgive me, acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and put my faith in Him. And when I said that prayer, man, um, I felt an immense fire enter my body and come over me, and I began to tremble and shake and start crying. And I felt this fire cleansing me out and of all the wrong I had ever done. And it was the most beautiful, euphoric feeling ever, better than any drug, better than uh, marijuana or drinking beer. It was this presence that come over me. And I was just shaking uncontrollably, crying. And um, it was powerful. Uh, it changed my life. And from that, that moment, man, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when, when I asked Jesus to come into my life. And that was in 1998. And so... There was a couple months where we would go to prayer meetings, and that and that type of thing happened like at every prayer meeting with me. Damn. Like that 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 feeling would would come again to me, and then it would get on other people too. Like, it so it was uh, and, and it was it was weird though because it was certain people who would could pray for you, and that would happen, 
that was the the weird thing. And it was the guy who we, uh, we lived with who spent hours in his room locked away with God. And when they prayed for people, stuff happened. And it was the other guy who led me to the Lord. They were like, like you know what I'm saying, right-hand men. They they did everything together in ministry. And they, that's one thing that they didn't play with was their quiet time of getting away to pray. And they would shut, they would leave Man. meetings. They would, they would leave to go and pray and they would walk out of the room with, with, with power, man. And it became real. And, and we all can pray and we love to pray. But when those guys put their hands on you, like stuff happened, See you that, know, and it was awesome, man. That I wish I haven't gotten away from, uh, yeah, I've, I've had experiences like that. Um, and it's, I guess it's only, Maybe because I've been listening to BC too much or something. I don't know, but it's like I, I've I'm a supernatural guy, and like yeah. I'm real big into. I guess that's why I was a drug addict too. But I'm real big into like feelings as well, and like mm-hmm. I've gotten like way more. I'm not skeptical, but like questioning what that is, like what you're describing is, yeah. and like. I don't even know how to like frame what I'm saying, but it's like, did did you ever have any experiences? Were you thinking like, this is like the witchcraft? Like, did you ever have an experience? Yeah. Yep. I did because there were times. So I got into witchcraft even deeper after having those encounters. Oh. So we ended up leaving the church and, and it was only for a couple months though. And I was still a teenager and cause I moved to a new city and all I knew was Christians and all I knew was the church realm and Bible studies and, and church. And I loved it. But, you know, part I was still young. I was still yeah. trying to smoke cigarettes here and there and stuff. But uh, um, but I quit I quit weed cold turkey like I didn't want like that high. That was a, a supernatural high that I didn't have to to buy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's and, and and I told my my cousin was with me when that happened. And I told him, I said, look, dude, you need to give your life to Jesus, man, because we can pray together, me and you. And we can feel that euphoria. We can press yeah. in. Because it really took the, you know what I'm saying, the drug experience away from me, and it, it replaced it with something even greater. And he was like, nah, man, I don't want to play with it. I don't, you know, he was he was so skeptical. So he didn't have that encounter that I did. But um, so that only went on for a couple months. I w- got into school, and the first day of school was like, that was it. I got hung, started, you know, met new new friends and hung out with the druggies on the first day of school, random yep. people. And then from then on out, it was like, slowly downfall and this this girl gave me some acid one day at church and i did acid i've only done acid one time and i did it at church what and uh that like yeah it was insane man i bet (laughs) it was was crazy wasn't wasn't fun (laughs) yeah i also bet that yeah yeah it wasn't fun uh they they knew i was tripping so put it and i had to go talk to somebody so yeah oh that's awful pulled me in the back room and it seemed like what seemed like to be an eternity back there and the guy's face started shaping and morphing and dripping like a rob zombie uh painting out of some of their album artwork and it was just like oh he was morphing in front of me and the shapes in the carpet were just pulling me in and very weird and it lasted all day too like like you like glimpses of it all day which was weird so did you ever have so i haven't ever had the chance to i've 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 I actually dated like a Wiccan who mm-hmm. eerily, uh, w- like she was into tarot and I've met some people that are into Reiki and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, but I've never talked to anyone that was into witchcraft. Like, did anything actually like, did like work for you? Like, yeah. what, like, give me like, give yeah. me some examples. Okay. I'm trying to build up to a little bit. So when oh, okay. I I'm sorry. got, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, no, it's cool. I, I got when I got out of Christianity, we started getting back deeper into the witchcraft and like studying the books and trying to make stuff manifest. And we got into Wicca. It was me and my girlfriend and, uh, you know, all the other friends at the time. They would like do whatever I say. So I was like a leader, man. Mm. So, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, so we got into that. And there was a there was a warlock who lit who lived um um, close to us and we all the youth would go to his house for parties he'd open his house friday saturday night and everybody would show up and party every all the youth, teens would drink and uh and smoke or whatever and they, they'd do whatever he let it all happen he do was a warlock like a real deal legit warlock and um and i was fascinated with it right because i'm into this kind of stuff and i never had and was never able to talk to anybody about it. Mm-hmm. And we, I would get over there, we'd, we'd smoke a blunt or whatever, and I'd pick his brain all night. Like, hey, man, what's this? You know, does this work? And blah, 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 blah. And he'd give us a little bit of info and stuff, and then he'd bring us back to his room and show us his idols and stuff. And, and I'd just be so in awe about it, you know, and um, wanting to learn. So every time we'd go over there, I'd just want to pick his brain all night. And so th- we had this one experience where I ended up moving into Louisiana mm-hmm. and I was living in Killian, Louisiana and I was out there by myself with my mom in the woods, you know, staying out there and my birthday came around and she brought me back to Alabama to visit my girlfriend because she was still in high school at the time living with her parents brought me there for, for the weekend for my birthday and I was going to stay with a friend I stayed with that friend and at the at, it was like dr- brought me there Friday and then Monday morning my mom was going to come back and get me and I was going to go back home to Louisiana I stayed with the friend um, for that night, and I was gonna go stay with another friend the next night. Okay, so the first friend, I robbed him. I took every, I took like, I had a big duffel bag, and I filled it full of video games and T-shirts and CDs and controllers and stuff. Went to stay with the next friend, you know, hung out, whatever. Did the same thing, you know. The next night, I I, I took a bunch of his stuff and went to another friend's house, and then put the duffel bag in. Uh, my friend's closet with a bunch of his belongings in there, you know, and it was in his closet like hidden. So my mom was going to come. I grabbed, hey, holla at y'all later. Grab the duffel bag, yeah. get in the car and go. Um, so, well, her car broke down. And so she was going to be a little bit later. So Monday come around and we didn't have nowhere to go. So we I ended up going to the Warlock's house and said, hey, can we stay over here? Sure, man. You guys can sleep on the couch, you know. All right, cool. So me and my cousin are over there. We're uh, sleeping on the couch. And then the next morning rolls up. My mom's supposed to be coming. I stole a bunch of stuff from the warlock. He had a bunch of video games over there and stuff. So I stole a bunch of his games and I'm waiting on my mom to come. Mom calls and says, Hey, I'm going to be another, another day or two. I was like, what? So we ended up going, um, to my girlfriend's tree house and sleeping in there. We snuck in there and we just slept in there with her, you know, her mom and them were inside slept in the tree house. And, um, my mom still didn't show up, so we had to find somewhere else to stay. So we went back to the Warlock's house, and my, mind you, my, my duffel bag is across the street from the Warlock in somebody's closet, and we're back at the Warlock's house. He said we could stay there again. So there's a bunch of people over there. They're having, starting to have this big party. Everybody's starting to drink. There's a bunch of girls there, and uh, they're starting to smoke weed and stuff, and uh, we're sitting in this big circle in the living room, and people are just everywhere. And there's a bunch of people there who I don't recognize, a bunch of older dudes, and they're all wearing black, and they're quiet. And uh, and they were they were sitting in the living room, too. And we were sitting, I'm, I'm like, hey, some more warlocks, you know, I'm ready to pick their <laughs> brain. You know, I'm, I'm ready to get into this. And uh, so we're sitting there, and somebody walks through the door, one of my friends walks in through the front door, and he hands the warlock dude the video game that I stole and hands it to him right in front of, in, in front of me. 
and they all look at each other and they look at me and they're all in the gang affiliation too. They're into uh, insane gangster disciples. So it's a lot of gang activity and stuff. So they look around and said, okay, we know what we got to do. And I was like, oh, we're finna get beat, dude. Like they're finna jump us. All these people are going to jump all my friends. Like they, I stole all their stuff and they found the bag, you know? Um, so they get up one at a time, those dudes, and they walk to the back of the house. And I, I'm thinking that they're going to go get baseball bats or something. And I whisper to my cousins, like, dude, we got to go right now. What, man? They're fixing to smoke a joint. I said, dude, <laughs> we got to go, bro. We got to go. What, man? I said, bro, they found all the stuff I was stealing. He was like, oh, man. So we get up, we walk outside. And they all went to the back of the house. And we're outside, and there's a bunch of people. And we get some random dude to uh, ask him if he can bring us back to my girlfriend's treehouse. So we're going to just go in there and crash for the night. He says, okay, some random guy. We get in his car. He brings us to my girlfriend's um, street. We get out. We walk to the tree line, and we're about to dart for the treehouse, but we don't want to make sure that her parents aren't outside. Nobody sees us. So it's it's dusk, and uh, it's starting to get dark. And um, uh, we start looking over there, and we see a, a light in the yard. And it's like moving back and forth in the yard. And at the time, I thought it was her dad outside with the flashlight. But we watched that light for about 45 minutes, which seemed really odd. And it started getting dark. And we was ready to see when we can run, make a run for it, to go to the treehouse without being seen. And it's like, dude, it's getting dark. We got to, I think we can make a run for it. So we go around to the side of the tree line. And when we did, this huge um, shadow figure formed. It formed out of nothingness. The wind blew it formed, and if I could describe what it looked like, to me, it looked like an eight-foot-tall camel. It formed, it ran past us, knocked me and my cousin down, and screamed. And when, when it passed us up, it was gone. And we got up, what the, what, the, what the hell was that, man? Dude, what the hell? You know, we're freaking out. Um, and then we just dart off to the, to the treehouse. And from that moment on, Things start to go downhill, not only for me, but for my girlfriend. She's hearing like noises outside of her window and moaning, just weird stuff. People, sticks breaking. And I go back to Louisiana and uh, and I'm hearing stuff and I'm still doing witchcraft, too. So you would think that that would like scare you and say, OK, dude, yeah. get your stuff together. But for me, it, 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 it piqued my interest even more. Like, because I, I I'm like, be able to do that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is possible. This is real. So what come to find out he had a protection spell on his belongings that that the spirits and entities would go out and bring his belongings back to him. And uh, like I said, I, I so I got into it even deeper of trying to make contact with entities like that and doing my studying on what's known as elemental spirits, spirits that are formed out of the, the five elements. And um, uh I, we got really deep into it, and I um, went to Louisiana. We got into terror. We got into a bunch of stuff, and I ended up getting into a really bad place because I was wanting it so bad that I was trying to make contact with anything that was like willing to to make contact with me because I mm. wanted to see something. Um, and I ended up like going crazy, man. I ended up like getting possessed and uh, going schizophrenic and hearing voices and being. We would be sitting. Um, on the couch in the living room watching a movie i'd see uh, shadows out the corner of my eye standing in the doorway and i'd look and they'd be gone and something would run past the tv like a shadow and um and then i would be sucked into a portal man like going into a trance and i would get really cold 
and my 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 skin would turn white and my heart would start beating real fast and my breathing would get real shallow and uh, I'd start seeing all kinds of shapes and colors and spirits and stuff flying around and there would be whispering all at the same time, but I couldn't understand them. And then I would come, I would snap back and I'd be crying because I didn't want that to happen. Like I got, I had no control over that. I was going crazy, man. And and that happened to me a couple of times and my health started going bad. I started coughing up blood every day. And I was like, I got to a bad place and um, knew that I needed God in my life, man. Cause we got, I got like, I couldn't go in public anymore. I couldn't look people in the face we would go to like McDonald's to order food and I had to whisper to my girlfriend's ear like the food that I wanted because I couldn't look at those people and, uh, and, and talk to them. It was, I would, there was so much going on in my head and we'd go to, go to like the convenience store to, to get groceries or something and then everybody's staring at me and I'm like, I'm like, like 14 when this was happening, 14, 15 and stuff, you know, and going, going crazy, going schizophrenic and having these weird panic attacks and, became like a hypochondriac thought I had every time somebody mentioned like an ailment of uh, testicular cancer, brain cancer. Like I was like, Oh my God, I've got it. I was in this weird place, dude, for a Damn. couple months, man. And it was very scary, dude. And, and then I would be sitting on the couch watching TV and I put it on TBN and I'd see Benny Hinn praying for people and people worshiping God, crying, tears going down their face, worshiping God. And they'd be smoking a joint on the couch, and I'd be like, "Y'all, that's real, y'all." They'd be like, "No, that's fake, man. That's fake." I said, "Man, that's real, man." And I would, my heart would long for it because I, I had been there. Mm-hmm. Like everybody who was in the house, they hadn't been there. They hadn't experienced that 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 fire, that presence that I felt. And I knew that I needed to get back to that, man. And so, ended up um, calling every uh, church in the phone book, saying, "Hey, I think I'm possessed with demons. I need to talk to somebody." Uh, I was like, Damn, "What did they call- say?" <laughs> Only one church called us back. One pastor called us back, and uh, he called me because we had to leave messages, and I think oh, it was okay. on Saturday or something. And he called me back, and the, and the pastor came out to the house and prayed with us, and uh, picked us up and, and brought us um, back and forth to church and back and forth to Bible study and stuff. And uh, that was like the beginning of um, like turning away from all that stuff and getting back to uh, to God and and really. Uh, serving him with with my whole life and we had so many like miraculous things happen from that moment on just when the next couple weeks of god just showing himself to my wife and proving himself to me and his love and stuff and i was uh because i went in my room and i threw all the idols and stuff away Mm -hmm. all my idols and all the posters and t-shirts cds threw everything away and my girlfriend's over there and she's crying what are you doing you're throwing everything we own away i was like i got to get back to god so it's like you can do it with me or you can go back to Alabama, but I have to, like, I have to do this. She's crying and she's like, I can't believe, I don't believe in Jesus. You're asking me to believe in something that I don't believe in. I was like, well, if we can believe in the gods and the goddesses and the moon and the fairies and stuff, you could believe in Jesus. I said, look, try it for two weeks, man. And if our life isn't a hundred percent better, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to Satan or whatever we were doing. And she said, okay. And then from that moment out, that was uh, September 7th, uh, year 2000, man. And I've been walking with the Lord ever since. Now it's been, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah. been a, it's been a journey. I've been to different places and stuff. But with, with that walk, it's taken me to different places. And Christ is the foundation. And, and we go different places. That, that you know. But it went st- solely church, Christian, youth group, you know, that kind of stuff. Getting back, back plugged in for years 
until having some supernat- more supernatural encounters and fastings and prayers that opened me up to even more uh, truths and realities within, even within the Christian faith, you know, that just took me deeper, you know? Yeah, I think, man, that's a, yeah, that's a crazy story. Like, yeah, and I'm sure that's why I believe, man. <laughs> no, and I, and I know, and I'm yeah. sure, like, and it's, and I'm sure people listening, you know, half are going to be like, yeah, right, you know, and then some mm-hmm. are going to be like, you know, yeah, I don't know, it, man. I'm, know, I'm, 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 I'm cool with that because oh, I, li- yeah. I listen, I listen to a lot of, uh, Joe Rogan and they talk about, you know, having like a DMT encounter or when you have supernatural encounters or you see, um, uh, UFOs, it's DMT being released to the brain. And they have that theory of, Oh, it was all in your head. But what, what, what helps me, what helps me is that, cause I have to rationalize this stuff too. Um, but what helps me is that my cousin was there Mm. and he was not to the ground as well. So if it was just me in the woods and I tripped and, Maybe got a contact buzz off of some weed or something. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can easily try to explain it away. But it was me and my cousin there together. And it both happened to both of us. And it, it freaked, freaked us out, you know, and, and knowing what I was involved with. So that's what we're, we're trying to rationalize this stuff, too. We're trying to make sense of of our faith and of spirituality and where does it come in place of in, in the 21st century? And is it even applicable for today? So we have to. Yeah. You know, we have to we have to deal with these stuff and we have to question ourselves and, and other people question us, too. So why not, man? And I, that's like I kind of. So I grew up Christian and then I uh, fell away basically through through drugs or whatever. And, and, you know, always thought I believed in God and then finally tried, tried, um, tried not believing in God, like actively. And uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then that didn't work out. And. And I had uh, an encounter similar to like to what you're describing, to where um, you can where like it just you can tell you're you're being oppressed like by something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And then this time around, uh, I had another like kind of white light re salvation experience where I don't even think I've talked about this on on this yet, but so I was in um I got sober September twenty third. Uh, 2014 and I was in um, rehab laying in bed and um, I, I definitely believe in that scripture where it says if you, you bind the strong man and clean the house if 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 he comes back to the house and finds it unattended he's yeah. bringing back seven of his friends yeah, like yeah. that's definitely that's what happened to me that's yeah, what yeah. happened to me dude so mm-hmm. so I haven't felt right with God in a long time and uh, I was lying in bed and I had I don't know if it was don't know what it was, but what I felt was like, if you can imagine like a, uh, a Pringles can, but like invisible, it felt like that cork screwed into my chest and I literally mm. like bounced on the bed. Like it, it felt, it was either something went out or something came in and mm. I literally yeah. bounced and woke up and was like, holy shit. Was it when you were actively trying to come off of drugs at the time? Or oh just yeah. Random? I was already detoxed. So it wasn't, um, I was in the rehab center. I'd already detoxed. Yeah. It wasn't like a withdrawal symptom or anything like that. Yeah. And then, um, and I noticed a marked difference, like from that point. So mm-hmm. I had, um, when I was coming out of that stuff, man, we were just searching our hearts of anything that was not of God. And, uh, and I had some experiences in, in the middle of the night, just waking up, speaking in tongues and screaming and felt like I was being pinned to my bed. I felt like something almost like what you said, but it was in my head. 
like something reached in while I was sleeping and like grabbed my brain. And I remember just flailing and not being able to breathe or talk, like having that sleep paralysis type deal, but felt it in the dream state. And um, when we were coming out, it was a lot of crazy stuff that's happened um, of warfare, of that yeah. stuff that had been there for years and even generations, you know what I'm saying, of kind of like renouncing that stuff to get freedom. And they didn't want to let go. They don't play no. fair, you know. No, and and I liked what you said. I heard you said something about you can. Um, I think you were talking to Doctor Heiser about mm -hmm. uh, the powers and principalities, right? And so yeah. like, there's and talking about how you feel a different energy. Like when I go to New Orleans, bro. That's why yeah. I, I cannot stand going to New Orleans because it oh, just right. feels horrible to me. Like I yeah. hate it. I yeah. hate the way it makes me feel, and I can't really put my finger on it. It just feels bad. Um. Oh, it was Oh, but so since then, that's what I was going. Since then, I've been reevaluating. Like I did the deconstruct thing, and I for mm -hmm. the first time in my life, I started reading my Bible. It's when I discovered podcasts. I started listening to sermons. I actually this is that's how I kind of and I it made me question whether. I was even ever really truly saved because there was such a difference like Christian yeah. music all of a sudden I was like I, there was like a weird synchronistic thing where I was just seeing and hearing God everywhere and like these I would read something and then hear something that was all the same thing and just you know you know what I'm talking like I was having spiritual experiences on the daily and so I've been like rebuilding what kind of trying to figure out and that's part of the podcast is like talking to people to try to figure out now that I'm all in, like I want to, I'm real concerned about doing it the right way and I'm doing quotations, yeah. but yeah, uh, it sounds I like, I don't know if there is a right way. That's, that's what, I, that's, that's where I'm landing. And, that, and that's, and, and, and that's where I'm at because like I said, we, you know, before we, we haven't really touched on it too much, but like I'm t talking about the, the supernatural Christian life and then we talk about aliens, angels, ETs, ayahuasca, psilocybin, and stuff like that. And we're okay with it. We talk about psychic abilities and stuff like that that are mentioned of in the Bibles, and it opens up so much dialogue, and um, it's working. Like, it's it's who God called me to be and, and allowed me to have grace to go back into the realm, which he pulled me out of to kind of make sense of yes. all those things. And... Um, and he usually does that, you know, he, he pulls you out of something only to grace you to go back to kind of, uh, you know what I'm saying, almost like Joseph going back to, to, to save his brothers, essentially, in the end. Oh, man, but, um, I never made that parallel, but that's exactly the same. That's me and my co-host, you know, we saved from addiction, and now it's abs like I'm, uh, I'm going to be a substance abuse counselor soon, and that's, you know, mm -hmm. that's my station here is just to help other addicts and alcoholics. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never heard so, of Joseph. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it's so strong too, man. It's so and it's demonic, you know. When you get into a lot of it, I got good friends, man, who are um, who were in ministry, man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and now they're addicted, and whether it's going back to crystal meth or pill addiction or whatever the case, it's a form of escapism, you know. It sucks, but uh, porn especially. Yeah, porn That's too, a big man. Mm-hmm. And uh, anything, dude, that takes you out of your character, or anything that's like um, that's not good for you, yeah, or or, or an overemphasis on something, yeah. Or you know, if you took if you if you took a pain pill uh, because it was prescribed to you, totally cool. But if you took a pain pill because 
you just need help get to get through the day or you don't think you can face the day. I got a buddy who wakes up early in the morning, dude. He wakes up early in the morning. He drives now to go to the methadone clinic. Yep. He'll get up like two hours early and drive 45 minutes to an hour to go to the methadone clinic to get it and then go back home and then go to work. I'm like, dude, that's dedication. Like, <laughs> that's handcuffs. If you can show that dedication towards like a hobby or an art or something that you are passionate about, man, that'd be awesome. But you're doing it for like addiction, even though it's better than doing the pills. But of I think course. honestly, he's but doing both though. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he's yeah, doing yeah. both. Uh, Go to the methadone clinic and still eating pills and course. it's not good. Of yeah. course. Um, yeah. Well, that's why it's cool. Um, I just think it's cool uh, meeting like-minded people. We're kind of winded down on time. I think I think I'm gonna try to get you a uh, uh, get you on again for a for a, a different topic. But I kind of just wanted to get to know you on this one. And I think it's cool that this is like I used to think the internet was evil, <laughs> and now I think I mean it's pretty awesome, dude. The fact that we can have these conversations and like we would have yeah. never met. You know, we're in. It just so happens we're in the same uh facebook group and you know it's just very cool i like how god is someone told me that like uh getting saved and getting sober is like the most psychedelic experience you can have and i was like that's very (laughs) true man this shit is constantly surprising me and uh i dig it man yeah definitely dude um it's the the internet's awesome and just the, like the, the almost like a new breed of Christians, not saying like psychedelic yeah. Christians, but Christians who are just like authentically themselves. And like yes. we we're talking about before we went live of BC podcast, almost opening up the door for many people and, and why, why their show is so, so successful because of what they talk about and stuff that we've been feeling for years in the church realms, but we couldn't talk about it. Or if you do talk about it, you get demonized. And, and so you, you just, gravitate towards people who are authentically living their truths and they're Christians and they, they're open to talk about, Hey, I struggle with porn addiction and this is what, what I'm dealing with. And I went home and had a beer and smoked a bowl. And then I got into scriptures for a little bit, you know, you're like, hold on, where's yeah. there's a disconnect there with the church realm, yes. but, but that's their truth and it's working for them. And, um, it's empowering many people all over the globe. Even what I'm doing with my podcast, I've got people like Christian leaders over a huge, Christian network radio stations who are hitting me up in my inbox, thanking me for like doing the podcast and talking about the psychedelics and talking about, uh, just, you know, from a Christian perspective and yes. not bashing it Yes, because most exactly. Christians, are, they're just going to bash it, but to say, Hey, that doesn't help let's anyone. be open. Let's be open with the fruit of it. What is it producing in your life? Why do you like to do it? What's, how does it reconcile your faith? Is it, is it demonic or whatever, you know, um, with everything that we believe in, in, there's so many people in my inbox just gravitating towards the work that we're putting out. And I seen it early on in, in the churches cause I, I came out of Christian hip hop. I was a Christian hip hop artist, you know, for before I started doing what I'm doing now. But, um, like I would mention little bitty pieces of, of truth. I wouldn't go in there and just start hammering in the youth groups. Right. I would give them a little bit of truth and I would see their eyes light up, but I would see the pastors and the leaders get upset with me for kind of challenging the status quo. But I found out that, that these people resonated with what I was saying and they were, they felt that way within, they were just looking for somebody to vocalize what they're feeling. Yeah. And that's what the BC podcast does. I think that's, you know, that's really cool. And that's what, what my show's doing. And I'm sure you guys are doing the same thing, just being authentic to yourself and and your beliefs or, or, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you bring to the table. Do you you think you can't buy that? You can't buy that. 
Do you think we're in the middle of, I don't want to call it another, I don't know what you would call it, not another reformation, but you, you mm-hmm. think we're in the midst of like, because it's like, it seems like the lines are getting drawn between like the old yeah. school, the the people that seem to think Donald Trump is a Christian and then yeah. like, you know, those quote <laughs> yeah. unquote Christians man. and then you, God. I, I kind of feel... I, I feel like ten. There's years, a lesson in that, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like ten years from now we might look back, and I hope there's not another like official split of any kind. But something is definitely like going on in in the atmosphere and well, in the we, ether. We man. say, we say, um, you didn't let us into the group, so you can't kick us out. So hmm. we we've had to we've had to put up with the backlash, and BC Pod has had to put up with the backlash, and you know, of you being authentic, of being something that's different, or you like something. So for you to say that, oh, True Seeker, you like horror movies, and you like Jesus, like hold on, you that's a spirit of fear. And said, so, no, look, I, I enjoy the art, I enjoy the 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 thrill and the creativity and and all of this stuff behind it, and um, you know, and just being authentic. Yeah. You can't buy that, and and people are coming. People are are moving towards that in droves, and there's so many Christians. You wouldn't know unless you talk about it. Yes. And what's cool about my podcast because I'm one of the only ones that I know that like promotes it. Um, you know what I'm saying? Not just uh, um, mushrooms or anything, but the, the the type of spirituality that that we promote. Um, it it's open for like self discovery and um, exploration to not have it all figured out and say, this is it. This is not it. And I, I can't tell you like all of the, the inbox messages I'm getting from people who are just like in awe and they're thanking me and they're crying and a part of it's, they need somebody to talk to and they had to have these encounters with the spirit realm, but their pastor tells them it's demons, but they feel otherwise that it may be a neutral spirit or something. Like, how do we approach this? What, 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 what the hell is the elemental spirit? Ask your pastor that. What is he going to tell you? Like, he's going to probably tell you it's a demon or there's no such thing or yeah. something. But yeah. no, there's other classifications even in the Bible. The Bible speaks about elemental spirits and stuff. So that's the kind of stuff that we address on the podcast and we're open for ex- exploration. And you wouldn't believe how many, how many Christians who are like unchurched, but they love Jesus with all their heart, but they, they don't belong they can't be themselves yeah. in that atmosphere. And it's beautiful, man. It really is. It is. I'm honored to be a part of something like that, you know? For sure. Likewise, man. Well, um, tell we call our listeners the congregation. So uh tell uh tell our congregation where they can find your stuff, man. Congregation. The church folks. What's up, church folk? <laughs> <laughs> now man, uh you can check out my podcast, my music. Uh, we didn't really get too much into the music, but I do spiritual esoteric hip hop. So I speak about my spiritual encounters spiritual experiences and kind of reconcile them from a Christian standpoint, all in my music. So um, all of that stuff can be found at truthseeker.com. It's truthseekah, truthseeker.com. Everything's there. And we'll, uh, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes, man. Dude, thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by to chat, my friend. Hey, it was fun, dude. Anytime, man. Further
Super great, grand interview. Yay, yay. Uh, DeBest just went super good, great, grand, good, wonderful. Great, grand. Everybody on the bus. <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, we're we already running long, so uh, what you got, Jay? Tell, them, uh, what, tell the people what they need what? to know. Uh, we got some t-shirts dropping. Whoa, yes. whoa, 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 yes, whoa. Yes. So Jed dropped that fire design. It's um, So picture Dare. Except C and O D. That's awesome. Let's blow it, Jed. It is, uh, to keep kids off bad podcasts. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. They, they look I'm really saying. freaking awesome. That's, that's and perfect. yeah, they look awesome. And I know what I'm doing for the next one. Uh, Jay's so we're still, not going to like it. I'm going to hate it. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm sure I'm going to hate use, it. Use context clues. Uh, Whoa! If you, if you make fun of Kanye on our no, shirt, no, no, I no, swear. No, no, no. But you're in the right um, consonant sound. Mm-hmm. Kanye. Anyway. Keanu. Uh, 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 uh. Anyway, um, so our boy Kenzie, who was on earlier, Kanye, he will be getting a shirt. Keanu, Kenzie. Can you tell? Can you tell the congregation why Kenzie will get a shirt? Because he is in the twenty-five dollar Patreon uh, giving. Yeah, oh, that's a, which is a, yeah, a quarter yeah. bag, I think, is what I made it as. Uh, so he gets free shirt. So that means if anybody, twenty-five bucks, man, that's a good. That's like worth the shirt because they're going to be twenty dollars anyway. So come on, sign up. You get a shirt, and you get bonus content, get and you're going to get interview you. We're, yeah, we'll interview podcast. you. But on, Kenzie yeah. set the bar like real high. I'm not gonna lie. He is exceptional. So you better come. Say. You better come with something. You come better with it. come. We, I don't we know. need some very personal stories from you. Yes. About your first conversion experience, or and crying in Taco Bell. That's yeah. That's very one good. or both of those. Yes. Bonus points if it is the same, one and the same. If you got right. if you got saved at a Taco Bell, <laughs> and you were crying, and you listening were crying. to our podcast, we know you're out there. There, statistically, <laughs> there is someone out there. Um, all right, so we'll see y'all next week. Later.